How we doing? Oh my god. Everybody. Back streets back. All right. Okay. It's 2017 over yet? That's a, a classic Please. Elizabeth and I riff <laughs> where I get excited and she says, all right. I just cut it off yeah. at the knees. <laughs> this is That's So Retrograde. <laughs> hey guys, I'm Stephanie Simbari once again. And I'm Elizabeth Cott. It is a joy to be here today. This episode of That's So Retrograde is brought to you by our new venture. That's So Retrograde's new subscriber content. What? You guys asked for it and we're going to deliver it. Here we are. We've got um, pretty exciting new development in the That's So Retrograde universe. Guys, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and the answer finally came. You can head over to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash So Retrograde and check out our new subscriber based content coming at you hot it's gonna be so dope what are we offering Steph? monthly meditations with us and some of our friends exclusive listens to new episodes yeah before they're released additional episodes uh google hangouts with me and elizabeth you guys will literally skype with you and give you advice you're welcome also video content it's happening it's all whoever said we had faces for podcasting obviously never saw a photo of us right Exactly. Let's bring it to the people. Yeah. Let's utilize all Obviously things technology. Obviously, no post Botox photo of us. <laughs> exactly. So we're so thrilled about this. We're growing the That's So Retrograde community. Again, that's patreon.com slash so retrograde. Check it out. So check it out. Now on to what's really important. Today's show, that guy driving a motorcycle. I hope he's wearing a helmet. you hear that? Yeah. So it's hard times, guys. Not going to lie. Heart's been heavy. Elizabeth can't even go to Pilates. Things are so hard. <laughs> exactly. I was like, um, is there an option for waiving the class pass cancellation fee if you wake up in the morning and you just the news has hit you so hard you can't get out of bed? That has to be a thing, right? I don't think they care. I want them to care. Anyway, <laughs> so we felt the need to lift our spirits, mm-hmm. bring in one of our most favorite people. Treasured guests. Miss Sophia Bush. Welcome. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so just emotionally destroyed by the universe right now that I almost burst into tears at that introduction. So thank you. Uh, Wait, you're here to uplift us. How is it going? I'm literally like everyone else at home who needs a tissue right there with we you. We can all just cuddle and cry too. If yeah, that's... I don't think that's going to be a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> just, it's just silent and every that. now and again in the just... darkness we're like... <laughs> <laughs> Some unique content. Head over to our Patreon page it's for more of that. <laughs> primal screaming episode with Sophia Bush. <laughs> yeah, it'll be great, guys. As if I'm not already hoarse enough Ugh, from so... yelling at the... You know, internet and right. the TV and the news and like the everything. All the things. It's hey. intense. So what we thought we would do today, we will, we will acknowledge that we are overwhelmed and mm-hmm. uh, somewhat despondent by the mm-hmm. seeming hopelessness of the continued 24-hour news cycle and its badgering of our spirits. Mm-hmm. However, it is very important. Yes. You finish your sentence. Mm-hmm. Are you going to hold on to that? Okay. Keep going. Okay. She just had a very intense, light really bulb moment. intense thought. Okay. We're just going to make this episode about because we consume so much negativity every day, we thought, let's talk about all the things that we consume that are positive by choice. Word. And there is so much amazing stuff to consume. There's so much cool art being made. There's so many 
cool options for taking care of yourself. There is so much amazing food. Like there's a lot of great stuff happening mm -hmm. and we just wanted to sit around and talk about some of those things and have you guys share some of your things with us as well. Yeah. I have something I'd really like to read to you guys Ooh, that please. sort of saved me on this topic. Um, Last week, I was traveling with some friends, and uh, Jed and I were passing. Jed and I, a former TSR guest. Yes. Truly the best in the biz. What he's most known um, for is being on that so retro. Yeah. Grade. Of course it is. All yeah. the things. Yeah. Not his bike trip or his book. <laughs> no. Just this. Yeah. So um, Jed and I exchange a lot of literature and, you know, just things that sort of lift us up. And we both were struck reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert talking about how Jack Gilbert was also a professor at the same college that she teaches at and how she never got to meet him, but he was this poet who really influenced her life. And there's a poem that he wrote that literally teaches us how to get through times like this. Mm. And I would just love to start us off there. Beautiful. It's called A Brief for the Defense. Sorrow everywhere, slaughter everywhere. I know it doesn't sound uplifting, but it will be. Okay. <laughs> Sorrow everywhere. I love the like. Yeah. I'm like, sorry <laughs> about the death and dying. No, I, I promise. Poem. I promise it'll pick up. Okay, I'm really just going to read it to you now. Um, Sorrow everywhere, slaughter everywhere. If babies are not starving someplace, they're starving somewhere else. With flies in their nostrils. But we enjoy our lives because that's what God wants. Otherwise, the mornings before summer dawn would not be made so fine. The Bengal tiger would not be fashioned so miraculously well. The poor women at the fountain are laughing together between the suffering they have known and the awfulness in their future, smiling and laughing while someone in the village is very sick. There is laughter every day in the terrible streets of Calcutta, and the women laugh in the cages of Bombay. If we deny our happiness, resist our satisfaction, we lessen the importance of their deprivation. We must risk delight. We can do without pleasure, but not delight, not enjoyment. We must have the stubbornness to accept our gladness in the ruthless furnace of the world. To make injustice the only measure of our attention is to praise the devil. If the locomotive of the Lord runs us down, we should give thanks that the end had magnitude. We must admit there will be music despite everything. We stand at the prow again of a small ship, anchored late at night in the tiny port looking over to the sleeping island. The waterfront is three shuttered cafes and one naked light burning. To hear the faint sound of oars in the silence as a rowboat comes slowly out and goes slowly back is truly worth all the years of sorrow that are to come. Oh, I just beautiful. love that, that if we deny our happiness, resist our satisfaction, we lessen the importance of their deprivation. I fully feel that. It's like, in a way, finding joy in times like these, finding happiness, taking solace in friends, family, a good dinner, a morning hike, a sunrise, that's that is is protest that is sacred mm -hmm. and i think it's really important to remind ourselves that our souls need medicine now too and and just to really fight to find joy in in times that feel like they're trying to take it away from us amen it's kind of so I know that one of the things that you were going to talk about today is last night we went to our friend's comedy show and mm. it's not a straight stand-up show. It's a dance stand-up show. 
a dance comedy it's a dance comedy show and it's so absurd and so dumb but like in the best way <laughs> so like the it's setup truly is, the dumbest thing and she was like okay, yeah, the setup that. is you have comedians who are on two teams they start off doing stand-up then they do a, a dance group battle. dance battle teams and then against each other. they do a solo dance and it's like bringing backup dancers have wig chains like it is throwing glitter like it is so silly and then like lance our friend lance bass was the one of the judges and it was just like fun and, and everyone's was, doing like and sync dances and fact she like, pointed it's just like the stupidest was, thing ever and she was like i needed the absurdity of like mm, laughing just to laugh like more than anything cheering and laughing over something like so hilarious as like group choreography done by non-dancers like there's yeah. just nothing better than that and it was i got so i had tears in my eyes amongst the laughter because mm. it felt so important to just laugh and cheer mm-hmm. to find some joy find mm-hmm. some joy and it's just like how important are those moments so I know it f- can feel like god things are so heavy in you can just like feel the thickness in the in I smell really bad the world <laughs> as an aside I know <laughs> but to and it can feel almost like um like a guilt to to laugh or like make a joke or like to just as that poem highlighted to take in the beauty of the world but it is just to reiterate it's just more important than ever mm. it's really crucial so yeah feeling that so much something that i've been doing is listening i'm obsessed with npr mm. and normally heard of it like, if you guys heard of it um <laughs> national public radio <laughs> We should donate to that. All of us should be donating to NPR as well. Yeah. Because I listen to it every single day. And it's um, Morning Becomes Eclectic has like the best music. And then they Mm. also start playing amazing music at like after 9 p.m. And I don't know where else to find like really good new music. And every day I'm driving and like fucking shazamming in my car (laughs) all day, every day. And it's like. It's interesting to listen to the radio of, of that that kind of radio, like not pop music, where it's like people are like mining the people that are like really tapping in and like speaking. Mm. You know, it's like the the generational voices. As much as I like do love Demi Lovato's new album and like have watched the Sorry Not Sorry performance ninety seven <laughs> times, it doesn't like really move me. It just makes me feel like a child, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like it, that to know that there's people out there making music that is like an uprising of our generation. That's like the number, like when I get in my car in the morning, that's what I look forward to. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, what are these people talking about? Like, how are they turning? They're not singing. They're not like, they're not negative songs. They're acknowledging the struggle and then they're turning it around and turning it into like something beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I am just so grateful for that. You know who also provides like really amazing intel on new artists? our guest today uh, <laughs> she's like my sensei of really new music yeah can i get a mix you're here? on top yeah. of it i actually just made a new mix for my road trip to marfa last weekend i'll send it to you but okay Sick. Like, and there is a song it. that's on it um that actually my friend ruthie turned me on to um that is such an anthem for like not laying down and just sobbing in the street. And ironically, it's called Die, Die, Die by Erin McCarley. And okay. she says, like, I'm not going to lay down and 
die, 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 die. And it's like this whole thing about how yeah. sort of like everything around you is like kind of trying to kill you and you can find your power anyway. Mm-hmm. And I've just been like in the car jamming, like beating the steering wheel <laughs> over and over. So Amazing. There's, There's a, that. nothing more cathartic than doing that. And you know what's yeah. dope as a side to the NPR thing? The NPR app, you can listen to Morning Becomes Eclectic anytime I of the know. day. Mm-hmm. So good. I know. It takes up a lot of space on my phone, but... You worth know. it. Worth it. Uh, worth totally it. worth it. Worth it is it. worth every megabyte. Um, so, so last time you were here, I feel it was in June 2016. Mm-hmm. Dare I say it was a bit more of a hopeful time? Yeah. <laughs> Just a <laughs> wee bit. Just a tad um, bit. We talked about the mantra that you introduced into so many people's hearts and minds, which was the year of yes, which went on to being like a five-year thing, I think, yeah. amongst our friend group. It's like still going. It's still it started going. in 2012, but it's cool. We love it. We need it. So here we are, 2017, almost at that last quarter. Thank the gods. Thank qu- last quarter of the year. Yeah. <clears throat> What makes you think 2018 is going to be any better? No, just kidding. I'm a, ho- I'm I'm a hopeful one. I'm, Nonetheless, I'm not hopeful. We don't use that word. We'll, we'll get, get into there. that. We'll get into that. But um, we're determined. We're determined. What is that your mantra this year? What's your mantra right now? Anything like that's that's helping <laughs> provide a reprieve from. Yeah, it's so hard. It's like you ask me that question and words are bouncing around in my head like determination and resistance and um fuck off is a big one that like just jams (laughs) for me because I read the news and 14 times a day I'm like oh fuck off you know I'm just so upset um but the I think this yeah the sort of theme for me is just like don't give up don't let them win you know as as our government tries to roll back protections for women and refuses to side with the United Nations and support a bill that would condemn the murder of gay people simply for being gay globally. And our president is courting war with a North Korean dictator because he's pissed uh, that nobody likes him. It's like, what, what the fuck? You know, and I just keep thinking to myself, okay, we can't let this win. Because the the goal of any dictatorship as, that is taken over around the globe, the, the, the goal of any kleptocracy, the goal of the oligarchies is always to separate, divide, and stomp on. Mm. And so as people who are unfortunately and unfairly in power in our country want to divide us, want to shrink us, want to literally light so many garbage fires that we get so tired of trying to put them out that we all roll over and just cry catatonic in the corner. We can't let them win. We have to double down on community. We have to double down on listening to each other. We have to really double down on our efforts to have conversations with people who are not like us. You know, I, I, I sort of am dumbfounded by the fact that these really big, innovative, smart tech companies like Facebook and Instagram and, and you know, Twitter even, all have these algorithms now where, like, you see more of the content you like. And I'm like, cool, so what you're really doing actually is separating us further and further into these bubbles so that we think the entire world thinks the way we do. And there's a faction of people over there who just don't get it yet. And if we can just destroy them and prove them, prove to them that we're right, then we'll all be happy. It's like, we need to see 
information from people who don't think like us. And yeah, I don't mean Russian ads on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean real opinions and information from people who say, well, I prioritize X over Y because of how I grew up. And we can say, really, that's so interesting. Tell me more about that. Yeah, but I don't see those conversations happening on Facebook. What I see but, is Because people, they're not. But I see conflicting ideologies coming together. And I'm guilty of doing this. And I talked about it last week. People fighting Mm -hmm. and then the next post like I have a lot of friends who will post like if you don't think this way then just fuck off and defriend me and it's like we Mm -hmm. are having a it's not necessarily the algorithm Mm -hmm. I I hear what you're saying but it's also our our responsibility to like totally embrace and engage with that like and I haven't figured out necessarily how to have those conversations at all but that's also because you're a human right and I really try to scream and yell and then take a deep breath and then thoughtfully respond and make suggestions for alternative opinions and provide actual data to back up the points that I'm making about you know real global statistics things like that but every once in a while people are so disgusting like I did tell a woman on Twitter yesterday to go fuck herself yeah and I don't regret it because the way she spoke to me was so ugly and nasty and awful that I was like no I'm done I don't have to just I don't have to take it because you think I'm supposed to because you assume I'm tougher because I'm quote famous like I'm a human being who feels and suffers and empathizes and this is just not right and every once in a while like yeah you need to sort of go a little apeshit on somebody and then you take a deep breath and you're like let me get (laughs) mystical and let me think about what the shaman said and let me say I'm not hopeful I'm determined whatever but it's not it's not easy man it's not and it's not easy I think in those spaces and platforms, which we now know were infiltrated tens of millions of times by literally a hostile foreign government disseminating completely fabricated news. Like, how are we supposed to not be fighting with each other about that stuff? It's like, that was their whole goal. Yeah. Now we have the information. So I think now the idea is, okay, we know how truly delicate democracy is. We know how truly delicate community is. We know how primal the human notion of othering is. So how do we fight our lizard brain and how do we bring the brain of our highest self, our heart, our soul to the table and say, okay, it's this bad. What do we do now? Mm-hmm. How do we take care of those close to us now? How do we take care of our communities now? How do we try to build bridges in our communities that see things differently now? And really starting at the source, how do we take good care of ourselves now? Because the amount of just stress everybody's living in right now isn't healthy. I feel like we're already so stressed with like information that we, like I have a hard time then actually dealing with personal stress. Right. Like Like it just takes it over. Regular normal stuff that like would just be regular normal stuff. Like a parent calling, not my dad, you guys, (laughs) the other crazy one. Um, Or like, you know, work stuff or like, traffic or just stuff that's like so mundane and normal Mm -hmm. like we're so like up to the neck that when that stuff happens we're like exploding volcanoes of emotion it's like the dumbest little thing has you screaming in your car yeah Yeah, because you're not dealing with or you don't know how or it's impossible really to like manage which is why okay my first suggestion slash offering of the episode is i know we all do yoga or exercise, or stretch in some way. But Elizabeth and I had a profound healing experience the other day. We went to a restorative evening yoga class. A yin yoga. Yin yoga at 8.15 p.m. 
and at Tantris in Los Angeles. Russell Simmons' new yoga studio. I went studio. to a class there the first Isn't week it, it was great? open. It's amazing. Isn't it like the Taj Mahal of yoga? <laughs> it's so gorgeous. I know. I was like, I was can like, I have this banister in my house? <laughs> I know. Every rung of the banister is a hand-carved ohm sign. I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's happening for but sure. I, you know, I practice yoga five days a week. Like, I'm very connected to my body in that way. But like, mm-hmm. I never actually do it in a way that's like, slow and opening and like truly releasing the bodily Mm. stress that that I'm carrying like and that actually terrified me for like everyone else because I was like okay I actually do this practice all the time and I'm now releasing on a deeper level that I didn't know was possible like I feel like everyone is just our bodies are maxed as their containers Mm -hmm. and we were holding these poses for like five eight minutes just like forward fold with like a a bolster and just like deep breathing and like I could literally like hear and feel the 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 stress that I'm holding just in the top center of my back I just started crying we Mm. both did because it's like there's so much information that we're storing that we don't even we cannot process we can't touch it no and it's like not like yeah, it's not tangible, exactly. Mm. So restorative yoga once a week, I just feel like right now... That's the move. ...is like... Uh, and to that... It sounds... It's, as I'm saying, I'm like, that's so like wellnessy and annoying. 101. <laughs> but it's true. It's like you don't understand how much information your body is bearing. But here's what bugs me about that. And I get it, by the way, because I feel the same way. It's like, oh, it's wellness world. No, you guys are all fucking hippie zippy. If you were a professional athlete... Not a single person on planet Earth would think it was weird that you stretched for 20 minutes a night before you went to bed. Right. And we're sitting here being like restorative yoga one night a week. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, I don't do it ever. So one (laughs) night a week is probably a really great group to set. But why don't we give ourselves permission to take care of ourselves every day? At the end of every night, why, why aren't we, we doing do that? that? Yeah. Why don't we, why aren't we taught from the time that we're little that in the morning and at night you stretch, this is how you take care of your body, this mm-hmm. is how you protect your knees, your lower back, your whatever. We are so disassociated from ourselves. Mm-hmm. No wonder we're, everyone is screaming like petulant teenagers on the internet because since we were actual petulant teenagers, no one's been listening to us because yeah. we don't actually listen to ourselves. Yeah. So there's, again, this lizard brain piece of us that's screaming out for attention. And I really think it's happening because nobody pays attention to themselves. Mm-hmm. When we talk about the problem with like white male anger in America, yeah, all these men are angry because from the time that they're young, they're told they got to be the man. They got to be this. They got to be that. And like, by the way, I'm not saying women don't have it just as hard, but I look at some of my guy friends and I'm like, at least I'm allowed to talk about how hard I have it. Yeah. At least I'm allowed to talk about the ways in which I'm subjugated and disrespected and assaulted and touched and spoken to and whatever. And those things happen to me, which is fucking unacceptable. But you guys are just supposed to exist. Be a man. And what does that even mean? It's like, it drives me so crazy Mm -hmm. and and I think there needs to be a cultural movement that really focuses on how we get in touch with ourselves take care of ourselves prioritize mental health for ourselves in the circle might I suggest a small podcast called that's so retrograde (laughs) available on iTunes and SoundCloud everywhere (laughs) available on the internet yay no Um, it's so true so true send it to the men in your lives too people they need this shit I'm glad you're saying that I really do feel like that is 
a portion of the population that, because it's weird because as much as like the female conversation is so important, it's like, it's just as important for them, but they don't get to be having the conversation because they're a part of like the domineering class that created the structure to begin with. But like, it's not them. Mm -hmm. Like the guys that were born in the eighties didn't like, or also, whatever, seventies, yeah. sixties didn't create this system. And we did an episode 50s, of this, I would 40s. say season one of so retrograde with Jesse Israel talking about yeah. the, how there's been such a shift of the female role within culture and like how, and there's been sort of like a pragmatic movement, whereas mm -hmm. with men, they've kind of been like left to, to like with no ad guide for advancement. Mm -hmm. I was just watching these snippets of Gloria Steinem talking yesterday and the two things she uh. said that stood out to me so much. She said, toxic masculinity doesn't just hurt women. It destroys men and throws the entire universe off balance. Mm -hmm. And then she said, we need to applaud little boys' natural emotional intelligence instead of rewarding bullying as a form of strength. Like, drop the mic. <laughs> oh, she's perfect. Mm -hmm. She really is. Um, Wait, you met her, didn't you? Mm -hmm. That was like, mm -hmm. of, of all the things, I know. that was the one thing I'm, where I was like, Sophia Bush, I know. We can we talk about the Gloria Steinem yeah. photo? I have been fortunate enough to be at a few events with her now, um, with still my president, uh, Barack Obama, and she's incredible she's I mean, my she's, favorite she's, style icon on top of everything else yeah by the way it's like <laughs> of course she's brilliant thoughtful well edited and smart and that translates into how she dresses I'm just like please teach me all the things yeah. from like deep to kind of superficial but also important because beauty really does sort of save and inspire us especially in times like these I've been going to so many museums lately you guys Ooh. just for my own soul like I need to look at art and architecture and look at paintings and and read the writings of sort of these revolutionary inspiring people like Gloria. It's like art matters so much and is such a like a candle in the darkness right now. Mm -hmm. So I know it probably sounds weird, but if you're just like feeling so depressed, go to a museum in your community and just like surround yourself with big ideas. It, it does. It does really help. I love that. That's something I always forget about when I'm in Los Angeles, the fact that we have incredible these sources of art here. Yeah. But anytime I'm in another city, I always yeah. hit it up because I, my parents are contributors to the Detroit Institute of Art. And so we have reciprocity at like every museum. Whoa, that's, that's so like, cool. There's a massive community of museums that kind of like are all together. So I always use their card whenever I'm traveling. But um, <laughs> when you're in Michigan, you got to check out the DIA. Yeah. Yeah, I say I'm Nancy Cott. What do you guys want from me? Uh, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> Museum reciprocity. <laughs> guys, I love Finding it. solace in the little things. <laughs> totally. Like your parents' art donations. I love yeah. it. Right? Yeah. Why well, not? if we can't be on their insurance anymore, we exactly. might as well use their, their art and library cards. Exactly. <laughs> or their cell phone plan. Or their cable. <laughs> but that's for a different... <laughs> or their Xfinity password. And then I guess, we, wait, did your dad throw you off? No. Oh. I'm like, no. you didn't throw me off. We no. both used Elizabeth's dad Xfinity password. Oh my God, that's incredible. <laughs> We're just like ladies living life on a budget, you know? Why not? Yeah, why not? Oh, speaking of budget. Yeah. Okay. I've actually really been loving all the, the feedback that we've been getting from 
this amazing community of ours. And uh, we had something funny on Instagram happen. So yeah. I feel like we should mention that. So Elizabeth has been doing um, face icing, mm-hmm. um, which has been working out awesome. Yeah. Things are really on the up and up with the skin. Yeah. It really is turning it's around. really exciting. Like I can't even see that there is any problem right now. Yeah. Well, well, there's makeup on it. But. But so. So. Yeah. I mean. Soap's been with me a few times of like me being like in tears and same with you. Like it's every time. Yeah. Like every day. <laughs> it's been a journey. But um, so the face icing after you wash your face. And so I made this and I saw this online. I did not make this up. You take a paper Dixie cup and you fill it up with water, put it in the freezer and then you can like peel it back and then rub your face with it. Which I feel like you could actually make cool ice pops like that. Too. Totally. You can do anything mm. with it. The yeah. Freezer. Guys. Yeah. Who knew? Um, <laughs> And uh, then you can, like, put it back in the freezer, you reuse it, all that stuff. And a lot of people are like, get an ice roller. And I'm like, like you buy guys, one. come on. I feel like I just life hacked. Support me. Yeah. Come on now. Wellness on a bug. Exactly. Dixie cups and water. There's actually an ice roller. Yeah, you yeah. can buy it off Amazon. It's $12. Well, but I'd it's, rather buy three lattes. Yeah. See? See? Just saying. Same. Yeah. I can make my own ice roller ish mm-hmm. yeah. Dixie cup I cannot however make my own nut milk which some of my favorite coffee shops do you can make you your own can nut milk your, <laughs> well let me correct that I'm not going <laughs> to sprout the nuts clean the nuts boil the nuts blend the nuts cheese strain the nuts there's a right. lot of things I love to do and I do really love to cook yeah. but like that shit is not in my wheelhouse yeah if I eventually am lucky enough to like retire, maybe I'll start making my own not almond milk. But it's not <laughs> happening now. That was actually weird. Mama's busy. Enough. I love <laughs> an intention that I set for 2017 to make your own <laughs> nut milk. Your own milk. <laughs> I have not done it yet, just for the record. But I like legitimately wrote that down because it's time consuming. It is, but I love how people are just like it's the easiest thing in the world. You just soak, strain, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like ten steps, and you're like, yeah, cool. I'm not doing that. Khalifa Farms, what up? There's like one. If I wasn't every version of a head of my own household, maybe I'd have time for that. Ooh, sorry. We can't do it all. <laughs> yeah. Or don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. We have the option. I'm with you on the Khalifa Farms. I'm obsessed. You are very admirable in how you use your voice on social media. I really feel like you're on the right side of history with all of the information you're bringing to people's awareness. And I know that there is backlash with that. Yeah. And um, can you talk a little bit about that and like how you protect yourself and and you stay mindful and conscious and grounded when there's like a lot of people's opinions coming at you? Well, it's not easy. And I was going to make like a sort of flippant joke and be like that. The comments like that actually make all the death and rape threats worth it. Um, Jesus. They do. Truly. Like hearing that that it has positive effects on people that I'm willing to stick my neck out on the line does really mean a lot but yeah the way that people think they're allowed to talk to you and and the thing that's the most interesting is is that people will say well you asked for this you're an actor you asked for this you knew what you were signing up for and it's like no I I didn't ever ask to be commodified I didn't ever ask to be uh, spoken to like an object. I didn't ask to be objectified. I didn't ask. Uh, I didn't ask to have my life invaded. Like I'm not on a reality show. And also, I- you s- started acting before social media yeah. was a thing. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, and even for the kids who didn't, I, I don't even think that that's a fair excuse. Because at the end of the day, when you love being creative, when you love orating, storytelling, like storytelling is literally the oldest human tradition on earth. This is how we pass down anything sacred to us, anything familial. Um, this is how we open hearts and minds. This is how we bond as, as a human group is by observing each other's stories. Um, it's very weird when people say you deserve to be treated like shit. You know, uh, you, you shouldn't to the point, like I told you, some, some woman was literally so nasty to me yesterday that I was like, you know what, go fuck yourself. Like, here's who I am. Here's how I live. Fuck your notion of what my quote celebrity bubble is. Like, you don't know anything about me. So don't, don't come at me with venom like that. Just because you saw a, a tweet out of 1700 tweets I sent on a subject, like do a little research before you speak to anyone that Mm -hmm. way. Like I try to do that. And then people will say, you don't have the right to talk to anybody like that because you're a celebrity. And I'm like, if you knew that the one person who I snapped at was literally probably one in every 800 comments that tell me to like, get fucked, get raped. I'm going to come to your house and kill you. I know where you live. I looked your address up on the internet. I like people show up at my parents' house. People troll my cell phone. People harass my friends. Like people, people literally have no boundary And it's interesting because people make up stories about what they perceive and people think they know things about my life or any public person's life, but I'm much more private than anybody even realizes. And like the internet doesn't realize that it figures things out in my world anyway, about six months after they happen. (laughs) Right. So like people would be like, oh, she's single. And I'm like, bitch, I've been single since like last whatever, or like whatever it is. The, the, the messages that like quote fans and not fans, they realize like, I don't open my Instagram DMs. Like, sorry, I can't, it's not possible for me to talk to 3 million people a day. Sorry. Um, not sorry, actually. (laughs) Like, I don't even have time to talk to my mom. Like I don't have time to talk to strangers. (laughs) Sorry. Not sorry. Um, so you like the song and I do like the song. (laughs) Uh, It's really important. But So what, what some of these people have taken to doing is messaging my friends who run their businesses on Instagram. That's insane. And they will send them these messages about like the most insanely violating, personal, accusatory, inappropriate. And I'm just like, and then when people say you asked for this, I'm like, nobody asks for this. Stop being a troll. Stop. I don't understand why there's an idea that like if you are in the public eye in any capacity you suddenly don't have feelings like what is that or right to an opinion this whole right. like well stick to acting i know I'm i was like, actually thinking stick about to that being yesterday. a bank teller yeah stick to no. being a travel agent like yeah you're you're more of a citizen than i am yeah because i do a job which means people like you come up to me and literally touch my body on the street because you yeah. think i'm your property yeah fuck off ah. <laughs> i'm <laughs> no. sorry but now more than ever, if you do have a microphone in front of your face, an audience mm-hmm. that listens to what you say, it is imperative to speak up about what is going on. Because mm-hmm. I think about like World War II during the Holocaust, mm. not saying anything was Silence complying. is violence. And here's what's interesting to me and another sort of misconception is because most people see 
any kind of quote unquote entertainment through the lens of like the Golden Globes or the Oscars. And it's like, A, most of us don't go to that shit. B, that is not the real world. That is literally a dog and pony show that looks cool on TV, that is an absolute shit show, total nightmare. There's 12,000 people running around behind the scenes you don't see. They're coordinating the whole thing. It's like, they're shows. You're starving. They're shows. They're not, yeah, you're hungry the whole time. It looks like it's fun. It isn't. It's like, those are productions that are put on, leave it at that. But like, where I, as, a, as an actor who, quote, asked for it, you want to know where I spend my time? I spend my time living in a small town in North Carolina. I spend my time on location in New Orleans, in Vancouver, in New Mexico, in Santa like outside of Santa Fe in a town of 100 people. I spend my time in Chicago. I spend my time on a set with 200 blue-collar union workers, people who are protected by their unions, people who build stuff, construction guys, transportation drivers, sweet caterers that are like slinging eggs for 200 people who are making minimum wage. Like those are the people I hang out with. I don't hang out with Bradley Cooper. I wish I got to. He's handsome as shit. I'd love to stare at his face. Like, you know, I saw him and his wife at an event once and like almost passed out. They're so beautiful as a couple. It's like staring directly into the sun. It's like, but that's not my life. I've seen seen those people once ever. Like my life is me and Jimmy the driver, like talking about how he's saving up to build a new deck on his house next summer after this winter's snow melt. Like, of course I care about what's happening to the average American. Of course I think that every American in our country deserves health care that is accessible and doesn't bankrupt them. Of course I agree with Jimmy Kimmel that kids born with heart defects don't deserve to die. Yeah. And yeah, it isn't fair that some people can pay for their kids to have treatment and some can't. Like, this stuff is crazy to me. And I know we were going to try to be uplifting, but and we I was just so upset. Like, we got to talk gotta, about the things. We got to talk about some happy things. But you know what I'm saying? It's like... We have to stop, I think all of us, assuming that we know anything about how people live. And we have to start asking. You know what's funny? And we have to start offering of, grace. Yeah. Mm. Oh, sorry, I cut you off because I was no, so great. Fine. But this is kind of an elevated version of what we talked about last year, where it's like last year we were talking about um, your your personal kind of experiences as a woman and as a person, and like now it's taking it to the next level of like your of of the political version of mm. that. And I, I love that because it's true. Like we don't know what someone's experience is and mm-hmm. why they have their opinions and where they're coming mm-hmm. from. And that's true for someone with your opinions that we happen to agree with, but that's also true of people who have the opposite opinion. Mm. And that's I think that's where our work comes in for mm-hmm. real, where it's like, yes, stand for something, yes, fight for those things, but like we can't demonize mm. the people that don't have that opinion. And that's right. what I'm working on yeah. personally of just being able to be like, okay, you think that because this is the information that you're yeah. provided with like mm-hmm. you literally watch Fox News all day mm-hmm. like you think that's real mm-hmm. and like I watch this other news mm-hmm. I mean and I listen to Morning Becomes Eclectic so I don't know what the fuck is going on <laughs> because I'm just tapping the fuck out and you're like I'm exhausted and need to listen to some Demi Lovato yeah I'm like Gemini Rising what's good they're a really good band um but that's that's the point is like yeah. we're we have to be able to like step into those shoes as much but it's hard when you're like fucking under siege like that's mm-hmm. literally what's happening all the too. time like i retweeted one tweet about if you think you should own a semi-automatic a semi-automatic weapon as a as a citizen you're literally insane like it's retweeted that and then i got caught up in the crosshairs of like a literal like mm-hmm. 90 tweet thread between all these people fighting uh-huh. about gun laws and i was just like 
why did I involve myself? Like, I don't, I wish but, I could unretweet. So, right, but not. the thing is, because we have to. And but like, I just like don't have the energy to like, this guy, one crazy person's idea of what the law should be. Like, I can't. I know. Well, and it was so interesting. I said, I said something about how it's unacceptable that there's all these leaders who are sending thoughts and prayers, but they're trying to pass a bill to make silencers just available to everyone. I'm so over thoughts and prayers. And I'm so over I'm thoughts so and prayers. I'm so over thoughts and, and prayers. And literally, you guys, somebody on the internet, a girl our age responded to me and goes, silencers don't make guns quieter. <laughs> what do they do? And I literally almost passed out. I was like, what? And, and I waited and she goes, you know, it's not like in the movies. And somebody responded to her and was like, actually, that's exactly what they are. Of course, they don't completely remove all sound. Right. But they're pass, they're, tr- they're quote, trying, saying, claiming to be passing this law, which is obviously sponsored by the NRA. Because it will make animals who are in the surrounding area of the animal you are killing when you're hunting unafraid. It won't disturb the other I deer. I heard it was for the to oh yeah, pre- that's pre- the other preserve one. Hearing to protect the hearing for of the, sh- the, of the hunters. Shooting. And I'm like, cool. There's a three dollar solution. It's called earplugs. And by the way, guys, I say this as an avid hobbyist. I've been a sharpshooter since I was 12 years old. I own multiple guns. I am incredibly socially liberal. And I, I just enjoy it. I enjoy it. Guys, like, it's a hobby for me. One of the funnest things I've ever done is when I'm on USO tours going shooting with the United States military. Like, I played a police officer for four years. Don't fucking tell me that I'm seeing this from a solely liberal side of the coin. What I'm saying as a person who understands both sides is I would happily, happily give away, quote, rights it's not rights it's just options i would give up options for what i can own happily to prevent what's been happening Mm -hmm. i don't care how long i have to wait to get a gun because guess what i don't want to shoot anybody and if we did some version of what australia did and said you know what all of them go great i'm down and if you want to be a hobbyist you can go to the fucking gun exactly what is it what is it you go to the range range. they have them in a case yep maybe it's even you own it they keep them for you Maybe you have, like, a pistol in your house, maybe for protection, but, like, okay, a pistol is dangerous, but it's not a fucking... It's not, a, it's not an automatic weapon. Rifle. And nobody needs that. We have to acknowledge that we have a culture of violence, and that that culture of violence, as we're fighting about its particulars, is making everyone verbally violent toward each other in mm. our country. How do we start to pull that stuff apart? I think, I, like, don't troll your trolls on Twitter, babe. Yeah. You know, it's only, like, one in every nine nasty people. But sometimes I just want to punch them in the face. I know. I can't help but feel that where we are right now in terms of the views of the person who, who holds the presidency, which induces so much upset and mm. anger... And most importantly, conversation. Mm. And I can't help but be, for lack of a better word, hopeful. You're allowed to use the word, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, She's so on her head about it today. That, <laughs> that because there's so much attention now being placed on what is so fucked up Mm -hmm. that the only thing that can happen is change. And it unfortunately might've gotten to this point that that's the case. And I want so badly to have what have happened in Vegas to be the catalyst for 
a law change. Fucking finally. I really hope so. And but you know what? I hoped that after Sandy Hook. Didn't it should all? have been a ch- after Columbine. It yeah. should have been a co- changed. Absolutely. But um, it wasn't. So let's change that now. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know what else to say other than thank God for the people in our popular culture. I'm going to shout out Jimmy Kimmel, who had mm. an incredible first 10 minutes of his show, who mm-hmm. just said the thing, no matter how hard it is. And like... Mm-hmm emotional it was mm-hmm. he just said it and he, he said, said like what we were all feeling and that was inspiring and he said it without being afraid of the backlash that's coming I mean Republican politicians are now attacking this man and it's like you're going to attack the guy whose kid almost died yeah uh, come on guys like come on and and to your point it's it's watching speeches like that that remind me that sharing opinions talking about common sense that should be common talking about how we can take care of each other how yes we can give up some of the stuff we like if it means protecting our neighbors like that's what being a society is that's what being a village is that's what evolving means and and it and it reminds us like yeah it sucks to be on the end of a 90 tweet thread where you're getting <laughs> called names and people are telling you you deserve to die like it's just I, like I've, can I've, I unsubscribe like, yeah. where do I, where do like I how do I get off I, yeah. I've literally had mothers whose profile photos are them and they're like sweet little daughters tell me that I deserve to get raped to death that's fucking for insane. sharing my opinions that's fucking and I'm just insane. like not my wow best. not wellness <laughs> and I'm like I. And my only response when I am so, when, when tweets like that literally make my whole chest burn and bring tears to my eyes and make me think like, who could do such a thing? And I click on the name to just see a photo of this person and I see this woman and her daughters. I just say, you know what? I hope nobody ever wishes such a thing on your girls. That's good for you to say that. I'm somebody's daughter too. Mm-hmm. And people really don't like that. They don't like being reminded of, of course the not, humanity you're like, Here's of their a mirror. enemies. Would you like to look in it? Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder how, because sometimes it is just important to like be emotional and vent and just say like, this is all really awful and hard and whatever. Yeah. Let's acknowledge that we've been <laughs> saying like, we have a very big problem with people being like, let's just ground and be mindful and let's be consciousness and let's meditate and let's pray. And it's like, yeah, but also can we talk about what's making us upset? Yeah. And I, and I think it's important, but then I think it's important to do it, to say it. We've just like, we've just sat here for, I don't know, 20 minutes and talked about it. And it's like, then we go, okay, I talked about it. I thought about it. I processed it. What next? Because one of the things, and, and here's like sort of a wellnessy thing that I think is super cool that I had explained to me recently, was that most animals who exist in the world, uh, especially like animals who are, quote, like you would define as prey, have a trauma response, which includes shaking. So like say an animal runs away from a predator and makes it and then gets out of danger, it will literally fall to the ground and violently shake until it shakes out what's happened. Mm. And then it gets up and goes about its day. And those animals carry no trauma. Human beings don't have that. We do not have a trauma response. We are not cultured to talk about our feelings. We are not cultured to vent, especially women. Anger, expression, frustration, we're not supposed to have any of that. We're just supposed to like be nice hyster- and Because otherwise we're hysterical. Yep, we're supposed to ground and we're supposed to meditate and we're supposed to do all the things and just like be perfect. And, and I think... 
as we talk about how we need better systems and, and to think about mental health and to think about wellness starting in the self and then in the village and the community and the world, we got to shake it out sometimes. Sometimes we need to sit around and just talk about how fucked up it is and then go, okay, I feel better. I vented. Thank you for listening. I'm glad I could listen to you. What do we do now? Like, where do we go from here? So it's a little first full circle, restore, full circle restorative yoga moment. Yeah, <laughs> It's like, get it out of your body and your mouth. Yeah. And honestly, like out. I, during the healthcare thing and I'm going to do it again, I was calling the representatives like mm-hmm. every day Me too. and I did feel very like silly. Cause I would leave messages like, obviously people shouldn't have their healthcare <laughs> taken away and you should know that. And I would like <laughs> hang out and then yeah. I'd be like, hi, I'm a citizen of California and I believe all people deserve to be well. Thank you. Goodbye. Like it was like all these ridiculous messages every day. And it was like, a, I felt so dumb, but I also felt like a sassy person with mm-hmm. like an opinion and a voice. And like, I don't know if they're fucking listening to those messages, but like almost in my mind, energetically, all of us just mm. saying that, because you're speaking it truth piles to power. Up. Yeah. And then they're just like, okay, we get it. Like, we're hearing what you're saying. Yes. And we have way more information than you. And you're right. We do need to do the right thing. Like, some of my messages were like, do you want to do the right thing? I would assume you would. Like, I don't know <laughs> who I'm talking to. Yeah. But, like, it really is so empowering yeah. to just, like, make it. Like, the second before you make yeah. the phone call, you're like, am I really, like, who am I? I'm just sending my voice yeah. into a void. It feels like a weird antiquated practice it that does, we have, but, but it, like, works. it works. Well, you know what? I spoke to somebody in one of the senator's offices and I said, could you imagine a person choosing to manage a hotel whose goal was to kill everyone staying in their hotel? Yeah. That person would never be allowed to have that job. Yeah. So you as a senator do not get to say that you're going to take health care away from people who are then going to die. And you know you work in the public service industry. Okay, this is my exact point. I feel, like, I feel like we have an <laughs> epidemic if it, when it comes to doctors, like, guys, you should go read Whitney Cummings' Lenny letter this week about, like, stand, oh, yes. standing up to doctors because I had this experience with my eye, which whatever, we'll get that. You know her. You remember her. But we have an epidemic of people in service positions, whether it be public service Mm. or health service, being self-interested. And Mm -hmm. it's like, look, this is fucking America. This is capitalism. You can you can say I just want to be a rich person and be out for my own interest. Like that's your choice. I'm not going to say that that's like the probably the best choice. But if you want to just be an investment banker, nobody's fucking stopping you. What I don't understand is why you would choose to be in public service mm-hmm. or be a doctor if mm-hmm. you don't want to serve people. Yeah, <laughs> be an actor. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> Nobody cares. Right. I love acting. I am one. But I became an actor because I was like, I want to play, and I never want to choose what I want to be. Not because I was like, I want to serve the people. You know, like you became a warrior for everyone else who didn't have a voice. And now you're just like counting your weird cash and you're fucking off it. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's really bizarre. Change perfect. Like, it's an epidemic of just confusion of like why they're there. Well, and the fact that we expect better sort of service based behavior from people who work in the hospitality industry than we do from people who work in healthcare and government. Yeah, like if your waiter like spit in your food and was like, this is poison, you should still eat it. You'd be like, what? Fuck off. But like, The doctor's like, take this pill. You're going to have 95 side effects. I don't care. I'm just like paid by the insurance company. But like you should. T- yeah. We're like, oh, uh, uh, OK. Out of hand. Yeah, it's Out of hand. crazy. Yeah. It's like literally wild. Sarah had to come to the doctor with me. I remember that. I, did I ever tell this story on the podcast? 
don't so know. I was getting, I have this eye problem. It's resurged. Um, shout was, out to the eye. Shout out. What up? Uh, what up? What up? What up? Does she have a name? This eye problem? Oh no! Should I give her a name? I feel like she needs a really sort of like bitchy name. I feel like she's like a Shirley. She's like I'm okay. here. Whatever. I was thinking <laughs> like more of like a Stacy. Fine, Stacy. <laughs> Sorry if your name's Stacy. Sure, you're lovely. Um, you were definitely born in the mid '80s. Yeah. But so I had this eye problem, and and this relates to the Lenny letter, which I really think is important for you guys to read. But I was like pressured and like bullied basically into continuing to get these injections in my eye. I got like 35 injections in my eyelid and every time I would go, my energy would feel really low and sad and I like wouldn't feel like it was the right thing. And every time I would go there, I'd be like, I'm not going to get one today. And then I would walk out and like have gotten one. Like it was like this cycle of me just feeling like a child in, in like a lab rat in like the eyes of this doctor. To the point where Sarah Silverman was like, I'm going with you. Like you need an advocate. Like you, every time you leave the doctor, I would call her crying, send pictures. Like I was just like a mess. And I went with her and I, as soon as she walked into that room, I realized that the doctor was treating me like a stupid woman mm-hmm. because he was taught. I just, I didn't see it before because I was so desperate to be helped mm-hmm. that I was like, you must know, man, sir, older, older, sir. And she was literally like, she looked him in the eye and goes, would you be talking to us like this if we were grown men? And then he goes, I bet you're someone that voted for Hillary because she's a woman. And that's when I realized what I had been putting myself through oh my and had not been speaking up for like advocating for my own health because you just assume that people are there for your best interest. But he was just fucking cashing in, mm-hmm. cashing in on my pain. And it, he didn't know what he was doing. And I remember I'd be like, is this going to work? He'd be like, well, we just try stuff. I'm like, what? Am I a doctor? <laughs> like, can I just try stuff? Yeah. Like, it was just so... Can I just try stuff and wind up with, like, a mansion in Beverly Hills and a Maserati? Also, Is that how that works? Reminder? Exactly. What? Exactly. Get a second opinion, get a third opinion. Exactly. Always. Always. With, similarly with my skin, I went to a dermatologist who told me the only thing that would help was a treatment called a photodynamic facial. They cost $600 a piece, and she said, I'm going to need four to seven of them. <coughs> wow. And not to mention, you need 48 hours of in a room with no windows because you can't be touched by any sunlight whatsoever. <laughs> and then your face peels off <laughs> for about 10 days after that. Cash. Wait, casual. what's that movie? Um, Bubble Boy? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, who has A, the funds, B, the time? Yeah. yeah. And thank God that was the catalyst to me going to another professional who's actually helping me and it's way more friendly around the budget and my sanity. Yeah, now I have a doctor who's like, we're teammates and like fist bumps me and was like, and he's like, you should try tea tree oil. Today you told me to heat up a potato and put it on my eye. I'm like, I like how we're making a return to farm medicine after like, I've come full circle. And I love like, any excuse for carbs. So I'm all about it. Um, You're like, need- after I put the potato on my eye, can I bake it and eat it? <laughs> no. Um, or fry it. Can I put Come scallions on. and bacon on it? Yeah. But can we? Butter. I think we should do like maybe a, a gentle left into roses and thorns. Just real quick. And like a shout out to today's advertiser. Let's play that. Yeah. This portion of That's a Retrograde is made possible by our favorite furry friends, New Rose BarkBox. Every month, BarkBox hand or... Paw picks the best all-natural treats and innovative toys to meet your dog's unique needs and chewing preferences because apparently that's a thing. It truly is. Normally, Carlos, my my baby, you guys, <laughs> is such a brat and he hates all treats, but he loves what BarkBox has to offer because they have all these cool grainless turkey and salmon and different kinds of like fun 
artisanal treats for his refined doggy palate. So BarkBox is a monthly box that gives toys and treats for your dog. And I don't have a dog, so I can't really personally relate. But I will say that BarkBox's spokes pup, a Pomeranian by the name of Bijou, is um, my roommate's old roommate's dog. So I lived with that dog for a couple years. So that's like the biggest celebrity I know. So this really resonates in that way. Star fucker alert. You know me. <laughs> you guys, guess what? We're offering you a free month. Ruff, ruff. So ruff. Free, that's my dog being really excited. Free month. If you go to BarkBox.com slash retrograde and sign up from there. You get a free BarkBox. So hey guys, namaste barking. And BarkBoxing. Mm-hmm. It's time for our So, roses and thorns. It's been an optimistic yet um, thorn-acknowledging hour, which we're so thankful for. I mean, it feels good to say the things. And for that, I'm so grateful. And we're so grateful, Soph, that you joined us today. This is phenomenal. Should our roses and thorns just be roses, though? Absolutely. Okay. I think we've really, <laughs> really out. covered we the really thorns. went in there. We're like, we're going to make this episode about feeling good. And then we're and like, then we're like, fuck everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like now we're there. Now we yeah. can yeah. We needed to get it out. And now yeah. we can be now we're here. You gotta, it's like, it's shaking. You got to get it out of your mm-hmm. body. I hope all the Stacys are still listening. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. Also, Stacey London, you're one of my best friends and I love you. I want to have her on the show. Can we make that happen? 100%. Amazing. She's such a queen. Amazing. Okay, so we did a couple roses. My other roses were, what were yours, Elizabeth? Well, I wanted to shout out, you know, it's like we talk a lot about digital detoxing and like the, the perils of our Instagram universe. We got into them on this episode a bit today. But there are some things I'm seeing on Instagram that are warming my heart. First and foremost, can we talk about how big of a fucking boss Bethany Frankel is going down, filling up her friends' private planes and going down to every place there's been a crisis from what's gone on in the United States with the hurricanes to Mexico. And now she's on to Puerto Rico. You can donate directly to her. That's amazing. It's insane. If you want to like have all the feels, check out her Instagram. She's literally like on the ground doing it, being such an example for us of like, when the government is just not there, we mm. need to take things into our own hands. She's mm. gone full rogue and I've just been, I've donated to her organization and I just feel like she's doing the damn thing and setting an example for all of us of how we can step up She's too. like, you guys That's want some so skinny cool. girl it's wine? Amazing. No, she's like. Is that her company? Yeah. But she's like, <laughs> she's like, I have friends with planes. Let's fill them up with supplies and get them down there. And like. That's dope. Just in the trenches. And then also. We talked about this. We pointed this out on our Instagram, but how Lady Gaga did a a meditation Mm -hmm. like that was so cool. And um, we were inspired to do that. So we're going to be starting doing those as well. Mm -hmm. Did you see our documentary? Yes. So good. So good. That's one of my roses. Yeah. I loved it so much. So amazing. Mm -hmm. And also just again to lift the veil of what people think. You know, mm-hmm. uh, a, an icon because she's an icon. She like, is. Not even like like look, I'm whatever. I've like worked on a couple of TV shows. Like Lady Gaga is like a truly she's, famous person, and to yeah. see behind the veil and realize like how hard it is for anyone to just be a human. I know, like everyone gave her so much shit for like the crazy characters and the clothing and like everything. And it's like when when she talks about it, she's just like, I was afraid to be myself, and you're just like, oh, oh my god, same. Yeah. yeah. But like, 
And she also, just took it to such a high level. The bad mm-hmm. romance video. Just someone oh. who like put that into the world. It's I like know. the best thing on the planet. I know. I, I was that. That makes me sobbing happy. Sobbing when she was playing the song about her aunt to her grandmother. Ugh. Like ugly cry sobbing. Like yeah. couldn't catch my breath. Lady Gaga, five foot two on Netflix. So good. Tipping our hat to you. You know what else is on Netflix that I'm really enjoying? Tell us. Party Five. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys heard of it? I <laughs> uh, forgot about it. Scott Wolf and how <laughs> truly beautiful he was in the nineties. <laughs> I mean everything. <laughs> I watched. That whole show, obviously, when I was ten, right? But uh, however old we were, but it's like my, um, it's my like gentle, familiar, sleepy lullaby where the world's so crazy, and I just put it on, yeah. and I'm like familiarity, a simpler time, yeah. Dead I parents. feel that way about Sex in the City. Oh, I recently. Anytime I need to be happy, laugh, be reminded that women are allowed to be multifaceted, I'm just like, thank you, girls. Thank yeah. you so much. Although I watched Sex and City season one through five like in a row, yeah. and then I got to season six, and I was like. I can't. <laughs> can't watch it end. Can't watch Carrie move to Paris. I'm ending it at season five. I'm just going right. to skip season six and move straight to the first and movie. And also skip the second movie. What, you don't like being fabulous in Dubai? I'm sorry. <laughs> at that point when Samantha starts throwing the condoms at all of the guys on the street in Dubai. Is it too on the nose? It's a little just too much for me. I'm like, <laughs> it really, it like, I feel like it unintentionally debunks like all the the mindful like feminist third wave feminist points that that show made like throughout its seasons i'm like could we could we not hmm. didn't work for me i liked it unpopular opinion <laughs> i guess apparently in this room we're like they can do no wrong um do you have any roses anything else oh man um yeah i last night i was able to go to a dinner that was hosted by the one campaign and I'm really super grateful for the work that they're doing there. Um, they're launching a campaign vertical called Poverty is Sexist because it is. Um, it's, a, it's a vast majority of the elderly in the United States who live in poverty that are women. Uh, there's 130 million girls around the world who are not in school. And that's 130 million potential engineers, doctors, coders, women in STEM. Like, it, it absolutely displaces communities and in, in the world of how data teaches us things, communities where terrorism thrives are communities where women are subjugated. And women are subjugated in communities where they're not allowed to go to school. And so I'm really just like, I left last night hearing about what they're doing, the headway that they're making, and the global work that they're just taking on in droves. And I was just like, yes, 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 yes. Mm. So... Um, very excited. Where, about can we, where can we find info on that? Um, if you go online, literally Google one campaign, poverty is sexist. Okay. And it'll take you straight to the landing page. And it's just a really cool initiative to get involved with. And they have a million ways that you can be helpful, whether it's like you want to post about it on social media or like you want to volunteer or you want to, you know, train to do phone calls. Like it's, it's micro to macro and it's really, really very cool. So you're making me feel hopeful in a, in a world, which is. can't even remember my rose after you just said that. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Well, I feel like we did it, you guys. I think we did it. I have a couple of other things I want to share oh, with you guys. Yes, on, like the please. wellness tip. Okay. So we were talking about how obviously it's important to take care of ourselves. Um, and and as we were talking about 
our stories and the way that we view things and how important mental health is. One of the women who I think is really sort of cracking the way that we talk about things that have been taboo and encouraging us to take inventory of our own sort of mental stock is the queen of all queens, Esther Perel. And she did a podcast with Audible, which is called Where Should We Begin? Mm -hmm. And I've been talking about it for months, but I still find myself in conversation with people who are like, oh, what's that? So I feel like I need to keep talking about it. If you've already heard me say this, sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Um, it's, It's just really, really forthright and beautiful. And and she's a relationships and sex therapist Mm -hmm. and also researcher if you haven't listened to all of her interviews and ted talks like catch up everything Um, but the podcast to your point is about uh marriage and relationships and and i think when we're trying to figure out how to talk to people listening to someone be so adept at helping people in their most intimate relationships see the ways in which they can't talk to each other either Mm -hmm. and and help them find uh, common ground and find um, empathy for one another. It's a really inspiring place to jump off with how you want to talk to the people in your life and also how you want to talk to yourself. Her point of view is incredible. Her book, Meeting in Captivity, is mm-hmm. amazing. And but her new book, State of State of Affairs, is coming out. Such a fan of hers. Yeah. But just the show in terms of like pure entertainment factor, her podcast, it's like a it really unique lens into how inner workings of yeah. relationships. I think it's, it's the great. most vulnerable piece of media out there yeah. right now. It's phenomenal. And it's very And it's cool. free on Audible. You don't even need an Audible yeah. subscription, I don't think. I think no. you can... because Every I, episode is zero dollars. You yeah. are welcome. So get into it. So that is incredible. Um, we talked about the One Campaign. Uh, also in the vertical of self-care, I was turned on to a new meditation app, which is called Insight Timer. Ooh. And like on the more superficial end of things, it's so beautiful to look at. There Important. are like these 3D renderings of meditation bowls and you can pick which kind of bowl you want to listen to. And it gives you all of these options for the kind of meditations you want to do, how long you want them to be, um, how much interaction you want. If it's just like a bowl to start and a bowl at the end, whatever. I'm very into Insight Timer. Ooh, um, I like I've been that. using not, it for like that. two or three weeks now and I'm big fan. Um, and, uh, a sort of community support world of sisterhood. Like obviously we're all trying to show up and and love on each other. And one of my dearest friends, Alex, who's like a babe and brilliant, you guys, she's so cool. She also grew up in LA like I did. We actually became friends in Nashville, but she's back here because she just opened a restaurant and it's right by your studio. It's in Venice. It's called Great White. Her menu is perfect. There's like a really cute cartoon shark on the side. Cute. Um, Which I love. And yeah, it's like whenever I'm on this side of town, it's like been this place that I've been hanging out a lot. And what's it called? It's called Great White. Okay. Great White Shark. Got it. Great White Venice. Um, And I just love that the executive chef is a woman who is also my friend, who I think (laughs) is amazing. And like almost all of the kitchen staff are women the chefs are women like and it's two guys from australia who opened the place who were like oh no no women rule the world like we only want women running our restaurant and so i obviously love them too so if you're in la and you want like very beautiful healthy food that'll make you feel good like go see my friend alex and order the smashed peas i love them (laughs) and we are in venice we must give love to rama 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 
the Rama this, Institute, this beautiful sanctuary <laughs> that holds this space for this beautiful show. We are so thankful for them to let us record here. Mm-hmm. And so we're so thankful to you for joining us today. This was amazing. We wish we could continue on, but there is a Kundalini class that must they, commence. Yeah. Oh. So there's well, that. We got to get out of here. Got to mm-hmm. get out of here. We got to get out of here so other people can get their good romance on with them. So. Yeah. Exactly. So exactly. thank you to our listeners for joining us today and definitely got to shout out our uh, new content that we're creating patreon.com slash so retrograde we're so excited so we hope you'll join us for maybe like a live meditation let's do something cool or like a video interview or like an experiential thing we've got options we have a lot of ideas okay amazing okay I I like I like the mystery of an experiential (laughs) thing yeah tell me more (laughs) sign up guys stay tuned Um, namaste tuned namaste tuned and namaste listening bye yes that's a retrograde